What the enemy has designed to destroy you, God will use to transform you. This is probably going to be a two-part message. I'm prepared to go the distance today, or I'm prepared to split it in two. We'll see how the Lord uh, leads. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you today. Thank you for all that we've already received from you today, Lord. Thank you for the other things that we are going to yet receive from you. Thank you for your word, Lord. Your word that comes to life in our hearts. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open and our ears open to hearing and perceiving and understanding, Lord, uh, the things that you're speaking to us about, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help me to bring this word forward in the spirit that you want it brought forward in, Lord. Lord, your word is about you. We want your impression left, Lord, when we speak your word. We ask you to do that today, Lord. So we thank you and we praise you. We ask all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. What the enemy has designed to destroy you, God will use to transform you. So often in life, when bad things happen, we look for the reason or the reasons as to why they happen. Common phrases that we hear, how could that happen to such a good person? Or, if God is love, how can that happen? There are times in the life of the believer when terrible things happen and we struggle with them. And at times we may even find them incomprehensible. Anybody know what a patella tendon is? You're a nurse, doesn't count. (laughs) Patella tendon. It's the tendon that keeps your kneecap in place. If it tears, your kneecap will come up to the thigh. I've experienced that. All the years of playing tackle football, I dislocated my pinky. For years, I played touch football, and I tear my patella tendon and separate my shoulder. The object, though, is not my, my uh, torn patella tendon. It was a brother in the Lord who couldn't believe that I tore my patella tendon with the insinuation that 
I must have done something wrong for that to have happened. <laughs> Getting ahead of me. <laughs> Needless to say, it, it really left me quite baffled um, that he would have thought that I tore my patella tendon and there had to have been a sin or somehow I wasn't walking right with the Lord. Uh, never mind that the field wasn't that great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, though. Bad things really, really hurt. Uh, they can be tragic. Uh, they can cause us a tremendous amount of pain while they're happening. But there's nothing quite as tragic as the Lord Jesus Christ coming to the world without any sin, without any guilt, without any shame, and being nailed to a cross for an utterly sinful world that it wasn't going to make a difference one way or the other because we weren't even thinking about him. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was going to do it anyways. In Brian's message last week, Brian is uh, one of the other elders here. He talked about the armor of God that is given to every believer. If you're, in, uh, if you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, repented of your sins, you are in the army. You're in the Lord's army. There's, uh, it's not an option. It's not an option. But you're given weapons. You're given a breastplate of righteousness. You're given a shield of faith, which is the Word of God. You're given a helmet of salvation. All to protect you in this this war that we are in. He did mention, and I found it very interesting, that there is no protection for the back. Never thought about that before. No protection for the back. The reason there's no protection for the back is because this war you can't run and hide. You've got to stand and you've got to fight. But the weapons that we are given, the Bible says, they aren't carnal. That means they're, they're not just a, a sword or a, a gun with bullets. They are mighty and they're strong through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's a pretty powerful weapon. We can destroy arguments through the Word of God. Being in the Lord's army also means that you're going to suffer. You will or you may have already experienced inexplicable pain and hardship 
in your life. You may have suffered momentary defeats, but one thing I can guarantee you, you're never going to lose the war. In the Lord, you will never lose the war. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise his name. Let's talk about our brother Job. The book of Job. It's a great, great read. Read it a number of times. And in no way does my life resemble it. (laughs) Job. Here we have Job. Minding his own business. Job's children, his daughters and sons, they would get together, they'd throw a feast, or they would party. And after they partied, here was Job going and offering sacrifices to the Lord in case his kids, when they were partying, maybe they cursed the Lord. That was the kind of value that Job had for the Lord. So he's minding his own business, offering the sacrifices. And then one day, one after the other, his servants come. Ah, your livestock has all been killed. Ah, Your children have all died. I'm the only one left that's here. Three events happen. Boom, boom, boom. And Job is wiped out. Everything that he cared about, everything that he valued, gone. I I, I don't know if it was the same day. I don't know if it was half a day. I don't know if it was during the course of the week. All we know is that it happened. Boom, boom, boom. Can you imagine that? Everything that you have, just gone. How could this happen? How could this happen? Pretty easy. You see, the Lord, the God we worship, initiated it. The Bible says, when the sons of God were presenting themselves before the Lord, Satan showed up. That's in Job chapter 1. It was the Lord who suggested to Satan a trial or a test for Job. Job chapter 1, verse 8. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on all the earth. 
I'm going to paraphrase. I think he's a pretty special guy. That's what the Lord was boasting about Job to Satan. So evil coming to Job's life allowed by the hand of God, but the Lord also put up all the parameters of which that trial can come to Job. Don't touch his life. That's what he said to Satan. You can try him, but don't touch his life. As a believer, our lives are in the hand of the Lord. He has no authority over your life unless he's given permission. I believe that. He cannot take my life unless the Lord is ready for me to go home as a believer in the Lord. Now, that's not to say I'm going to test the Lord and do something foolish that is going to change that. But walking with the Lord, serving the Lord, uh, my life is in the hand of the Lord. What does it say about the kind of God that we serve that would say to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Anna? How about, have you considered my servant Jonathan? Or have you considered my servant Eddie? What kind of God is that that we serve? I'm not looking for an answer. I want you to work that out between you and the Lord yourself. Here is Job's response to the sudden death of all of his livestock, all of his servants, and his children. Everything he owned in a short period of time. Verse 21. Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gives, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. That's pretty powerful. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. He came into the world naked. He's going to leave naked. Verse 22. It gets even better. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Let me read that again. In all of this, all the stuff he's gone through, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. In other words, he didn't say, God, how could you do this to me? God, why did you let this happen? Or, what did I do to deserve this, God? In all of it, 
He didn't sin, and he didn't charge God with any wrong. Isn't that incredible? I can tell you from firsthand experience, I have had opportunities, and at times I have failed because I said, I, I was sure you were going to do it this way, Lord, but you didn't, and it made me disappointed. I actually, uh, punched a hole in a wall one time because I was sure, I was so sure that God was going to do it my way. (laughs) But he didn't. He did it his way. And in the frustration of, of that, I had just gotten tired of, oh, God is really good. Oh, you know, he's going <laughs> to... The frustration in my flesh, it came out, and I punched a hole in the wall. But you know what? The blessing of that at that time, even though it wasn't the right response, um, it freed me. It took me to a level of honesty in the Lord that I never had. And I actually felt like something had just left me when I did that. After watching the agony of her husband, Job's wife, scraping boils off of his body, he had another trial where the the devil said, oh yeah, you know, you, you've protected him, and, uh, but if you touch his stuff, he'll curse you. Well, that didn't happen. Job clearly uh, gave the glory to God. The devil came back, and once again the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? And he offered up Job one more time for testing. This time, the devil says, Oh, yeah. Soon as you touch his body, he's going to curse you. We're very protective of our bodies. Soon as the enemy touches it, he's going he's to curse you. Anyways, he was inflicted with boils. The Bible says from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head, boils. Can you imagine that? There is no rest. You can't lay. You can't walk. You can't sit. So Job was scraping his body, scraping the boils off of his body with broken pottery. You thought getting a tattoo was hard. (laughs) Wow. His wife is watching this happen and she is clearly feeling bad for him. She said, are you still going to hold on to your integrity? Are you still going to hold on to what you believe about God? Just curse him and die. Just curse him and die. Clearly, she had given hers up. But, oh, our brother Job. What a response. Job, chapter 2, 
Shall we, I'm reading at the end of the verse, shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? What? I got to read that again. Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. How does the prospect of that, what does that do to your mind? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? Should we only get good from God and never anything bad? Or should we only get good from God? That's just one example of evil coming into our life that wasn't looking for it, that wasn't asking for it, that wasn't doing anything to provoke it, but it was provoked by the God that he serves. The same God that went to the cross and died. Wow. How about the man born blind from birth in Mark? John, pardon me. He was born blind. And what was the question of the disciples? Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? He was born blind the disciples came to a conclusion. It was either he sinned, I don't know how we could sin as a baby, uh, or his parents had sinned. Because this is odd. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. So, paraphrasing, this bad thing happened, but I'm going to do something about it, and it's going to bring glory to the Father. One of the things that we have to not do It's a work in progress. It's easy to want to assume someone did something bad. That's why this terrible thing happened to them. And Jesus corrected his disciples, and he corrects us. Don't assume because of an outcome of a situation that we may see, like my friend who assumed I had done something wrong, which was the reason I tore my patella tendon. Had nothing to do with that. I was just playing football. (laughs) There are people born into trouble in this world. They may be born into abusive families. 
I have no idea why an adoptive father, a pastor, would sexually abuse his daughter. I just read an article about that last week. I have no idea. I have no idea why a father would physically abuse his son. I have no idea why a husband would beat up his wife. So many ways, so many whys, pardon me, to question And we just don't have the answers to any of these things. They're all examples of situations where the enemy has designed to destroy you. But God, through forgiveness, through healing, can use to transform your life. That doesn't have to be the end. We serve a God that can use very, very painful and difficult situations continually to transform us. And when He does that, the person whose life He transforms That life shows the glory of God and then God is then glorified. That's why bad things come to your life at times that you didn't ask for. That you weren't even thinking about. We serve a God at times that is beyond our scope of recognition. This kind of thing that the Lord does sometimes is unrecognizable to me too. Things will come to our lives that we may not like, but particularly we don't understand. It may include some sort of suffering and pain, and it will be completely, completely done by the allowance of the hand of the Lord in it. We have to think about these things. The reason we have to think about them is so that we're not caught off guard when trials and difficulties come to our lives and we curse God and die. We have to think about it and and be prepared. That is the reason we have these scriptural references to help us. I was desperate for the pain of my divorce to be over. Absolutely desperate. They say that the only thing worse than the pain of a divorce is the loss of a child. I haven't lost a child 
but I've been divorced, and I would agree with that. I was desperate. It hurt today. It is still the worst pain that I've ever experienced in my life. And I asked the Lord, when will this end? <laughs> Give me no answer, but it worked out to about 10 years of suffering through a broken marriage. I just wanted to move on, but I couldn't move on because I had two children. So that kept me tied to the situation, which was really, really difficult. There were nights that I, I, I just wish somebody could have ended it for me. It was so, so painful. And all I had was me and the Lord. Just me and the Lord. And I said, can I really make it with just you, Lord? He said, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's just going to be me and you for a while. <laughs> but yes, you can make it with just you and the Lord. And based on that experience that I went through, I would go through anything in this world as long as Jesus is with me. I can confidently say that. But I couldn't say that had I not gone through that terrible, terrible divorce of which I was 50% responsible. But there was no pain like that. I shed my mom when she died didn't get the tears that my divorce got. That's how painful it was. This is part one. You have to come back next week to get part two. <laughs> Next week, we are going to look into the life of a man that had probably more trouble than you and I all have. But the Lord used every single one of the troubles that he ordained, the Lord ordained, to transform his life and bring glory to God. Why don't we stand? <laughs>